And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of The Book of Boba Fett. In this episode, Boba Fett and Finnick Shand face an escalating conflict to save Tatooine. There will be... The smallest final battle ever on Tatooine, but at least we got a kaiju battle, which is awesome. We're talking about the Book of Boba Fett episode in the name of honor this week. Happy Andor Eve to you, Chris. Happy Andorversary. Andorversary. Yeah, tomorrow is part one of the finale, so we only have two episodes left, and I'm sad and excited and sad because it's been so good and I just want Andor to go on forever. I wish I heard there was like some question as to whether season 2 will happen but I don't believe any of that stuff either. It's already confirmed they're gonna like start filming in the in the new year. Okay so yeah yeah sometimes I think yeah. It was always planned to be a two season show like, I did see some people floating around, like, why can't this be a five-season show? But, like, that would take away the specialness of it. So, I mean, it was always planned to be a two-season show. First season is what we've gotten. Season two is going to cover the four years from here to Rogue One. It's supposed to end at Rogue One. Here's what you <laughs> like, do when you're the writer. It's and like they Gravity go like, Falls. Why can't, there, why can't there be five seasons? And you go, like, because he didn't do anything interesting in between then and Rogue One. Sorry. <laughs> we just balls. we did all the interesting stuff with him. All the rest of him is just like trimming his toenails, and there's stuff with girls. Maybe we'll have a porn Star Wars someday, but not today. I mean, there's plenty of those on Pornhub. Not that I would know. Oh <laughs> I yeah, I bet you there are. <laughs> I know because Dario that. and I covered them on Eat It and Beat It. Yeah. We saw some um, CG stuff that would uh, that was kind of cute actually. But uh, what, what I was going to say, if, if people want to know why they don't continue and or past two seasons, I would highly suggest looking up interviews with Alex Hirsch, who's the creator of Gravity Falls, and him talking about why he ended Gravity Falls at two seasons. Um, because it's essentially the same thing. Like, he had a hit show that Disney was fucking throwing money at him for. And he was like, no, if you keep it going into oblivion it becomes less special like i had a beginning a middle and an end it's one story this is the story and i didn't want it to go on and on until it died slowly and painfully i wanted to end it on my terms to tell the most like poignant story and the most potent story and i will respect any creator that's like no this is my story. I'm not going to go on like Supernatural for 15 Well, it's like it's seasons. saying I'm making a piece of art and not a piece of commerce. It is. It's obviously commerce. He's working for Disney, but he, you know, it's a piece and it's and yeah. And you would have to do. I mean, not that he couldn't come up with something as good or or that somebody else couldn't come up with something almost as good, but just the same or whatever but yeah it kills it yeah 
I mean, Star Wars is Star Wars has lost a lot of its specialness, you know, because you're not waiting three years to see the next Star Wars thing. I'm kind of glad you're not, but you know, if you're if you're waiting if you're waiting a year on on all on on your Star Wars, it would have a lot more meaning, but it would make a lot less money too. So, which is why shows like Andor are important. Because you have to find a different kind of specialness if you're going to just keep it churning into oblivion. Yeah. Like, like yeah. that's part of the reason why I'm really excited for Skeleton Crew's because it just sounds so different from any other Star Wars. Well, I'm, I'm glad this is happening because it looked for a while for the movies look like they were going to kill any chances of new and different stuff happening, you know, they look like they were or, and also like kind of the Mandalorian, too, because. The Mandalorian was really good, it, 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 but it struck classic notes, you know, a lot of classic notes and, it, 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 you know, it, it hits a lot of, you know, it, it hits a lot of familiar territory in the prequels and, and in the, in the, in the original trilogy. And, uh, it just has that feel. So, and it was so successful that I was like, oh, okay, Disney is disney has gotten the message that like this is what people want and it is what people wanted but at the same time like maybe disney has figured out that like maybe we can't do everything to please all the star wars fans let's see what other kinds there are out there and they've been and they seem to be testing that like pretty meticulously and that and like that's that's great i mean andor i mean i don't know how you judge its success, maybe just by views or whatever, but critically, and like I, I, I haven't even been like reading like critic critics about it, but just word of mouth, I haven't heard anybody bad mouthing it, and everybody's. The only kind people of I've just heard bad mouthing it is the usual suspects. Yeah, but there, yeah, yeah. But, but I, and I also want to just say I thought I was on mute and I was just crunching all my cheeses. So if any if my microphone picked up any of that, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I thought I muted myself. And I'm just like, ah, Jesus. <laughs> so sorry if my mic picked that up. But, but, yeah. but I mean, generally, the people are really seem to be really into it. And I mean, that prison arc was is just is seminal. It's like in, it is. They really have the it. Best hit. Star Wars that has. It's, it's not just some of the best Star Wars. It's some of the best television ever made. Like well, that I'm, was some amazing television. A lot of people are are like saying like this is you know the best Star Wars since you know the original movie and stuff, and the 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 way I'm thinking of it is well lately I've been thinking of it also this is the most science fictiony of all Star Wars it's more like a science a hard science fiction show, and it also can it, like this show could have like the best acting in star wars the best writing in star wars i'm not saying it does but it has some of the best it's it has really great some of the best writing i've seen in star wars it's had some of the best acting i've seen in star wars it has what the last episode had like maybe the best monologue uh, you know written yeah. by a character and and directed yeah, so in the way they set it up and 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 carried it out one of the best monologues ever in in Star Wars, and still not be like the best Star Wars. It's because it's not like it's not pure Star Wars. It's more like 
the best of a a different kind of Star Wars. Maybe more like you know, it's maybe it's more like novels. You know, I I hate like they're like oh this is for adults or something, but it's yeah maybe more like for the the people who've read Star Wars novels. It's sort of set up more like it that. feels a lot of like the stakes of Light of the Jedi, like some it, of the High Republic stuff. It really does. But it also isn't just like. I, I say that story wise, but the way it's executed is very cinematic and very, you know, it, it plays tension. It plays, you know, it's not, you know, dry at all. So, yeah, it, I oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. I, um, yeah, yeah, I concur everything you just said. <laughs> mm. I've been making sure we talk about it a little before the show so we don't start like <laughs> chewing on story details <laughs> and stuff. I uh I was joking with um I think it was on Pink Milk actually. We I, I was modding um because now we're on Wednesday nights, not Fridays. Um and we were joking about like how we would rank all Star Wars as musicals. And I wrote something like if if uh, Andor is Le Miserable, Book of Boba Fett is Cats. And I do not mean that in a bad way because I love Cats and it's just a bonkers crazy show that's a lot of fun to write with not a lot of depth. Yeah, doesn't <laughs> have to make a lot of sense. <laughs> like this yeah. finale that we're about to talk about. Uh, did you like the finale? I liked it a lot more the second time. Not that I didn't like it the first time, but I had like major like bones of i was like there were it looked a lot cheaper the first time but i don't know i went into it with expectations of how it how it would how it would play out and some of them were there some of them weren't but like i just generally was like like there was like during a lot of the gunfights i was like come on let's get going this is just sort of like spinning the wheels and i did not feel that way this time the second time i was I was enjoying pretty much, you know, some more than others, but like, yeah, I, I just enjoyed the general flavor of this episode. It's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a goofy one. Yeah. Goofy I, and I, fun. I, I feel the same way. Like, um, I, I will say that everything I've been talking about, about like the lack of time and character depth and stuff like that, I still feel here and I'm going to note them. But overall, this episode is a hoot and a holler. It is yeah. so much fun. It is like if you just turn off the critical parts of your brain and just it's just so much I fun. I didn't even have to turn them off that hard, really. You know, the second yeah. time I'm just like a lot a lot of things clicked into place to, for me. Like, oh, OK, yeah, this is it's not playing out like a Star Wars fight. It's playing out like a siege in a Western in a Western movie. And it's doing it's using all the tropes of that and then coloring it in with Star Wars, you know, flourishes. And so I started enjoying that more because, you know, Westerns are usually a lower budget sort of deal anyway, you know. And uh, so it was it was playing more with those instead of like, you know, the high high cinematic, you know, spectacle of Star Wars while still having spectacle in it. Absolutely. There was some and spectacle in this episode. There really is. Um, and I think it is important to note that what I love about this franchise is that we can have an Andor and a Book of Boba Fett, and both are great for completely different reasons. Like, it's all fruit salad. 
It is. It's all fruit salad. And yeah. it just depends on the kinds of fruits that are in there. And not everybody's going to like all the fruit in there. Some people might be allergic to it. They can't eat it all or they don't want to eat it all. But it's all still fruit. And well, yeah, but uh, but who, the different, you know, like Filoni and Favreau cut up their, they, 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 their mix of the fruit salad is a little different than, than Robert Rodriguez's, you know, mix of the fruit salad. But it's still fruit salad. <laughs> Which is still different from Tony Gilroyd's fruit salad. He might go like less sugar versions and less syrupy. So it's more just raw fruit. <laughs> While no, he's more like, just he's, like, Here's he's more like aspic. He's more like, you know, like, like bone jelly, you know, <laughs> bone broth jelly or something. I think that's what as aspic is. I have no idea. I've never heard that word before in my life. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gourmet food, but it's, I, I believe it's like, you, you know, if you, if you, uh, if you, if you boil a stock down, it turns into a sort of. How is it spelled? A S P I C. A S P I C. Oh, aspic. I, I was spelling A S P I C. Find out what it means to me. Savory clear jelly prepared from liquid stock made from severing bones of beef, veal, chicken, or fish. Yep. Huh, interesting. I have learned a thing today, everybody, and I hope you have too. Tony Gilroy's making aspic and they're making fruit salad. Yep. But it's all still fruit. <laughs> it just Except depends for on the how aspect. <laughs> aspic is fruit of the fruit of the beast. <laughs> <laughs> With like chunks of fruit inside it, inside the jelly. Oh my god, <laughs> I wanna make a I wanna make a fucking line of canned food called Fruit of the Beast. Or that would be a good line of underwear, too. That's like the chicken of the sea. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought whenever I heard chicken of the sea when I was a kid, I thought it was almost like a taunt, you know? They're, they're like, you don't want to go swimming in the ocean. You're chicken of the sea. And then I saw. Oh, the, that's so the, precious. Though. And then I saw the. But then I saw the commercial. Ask any mermaid you happen to see. What's the best tuna? Chicken of the sea. And I was like, oh, tuna is the chicken of the sea. <laughs> uh, well, are you ready to get into this? Yes. I was, like, I was just I was like, pondering on which came first, the tuna or the roe. <laughs> I'm just going to continue the episode. <laughs> All right, you ready? Which came first, the tuna or the caviar? All right, I am ready. <laughs> I don't know. I'm partially want to sit back, eat my Cheez-Its, and see how long this goes on for. <laughs> uh, I'm tired. It's just going to get worse if it goes on any longer. Oh, good to know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the shut the fuck up, Chris, rule is in, like, have your hand poised right over that button. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> in the name of honor is the seventh episode of the book of boba fett it aired on february 9th 2022 and was written by john favreau and directed by robert rodriguez so i couldn't find a lot of extra information for you so i thought it'd be fun to touch back on a few other things since this is the big showdown with boba fett and cad bane i thought it'd be a good idea to give a quick refresher of their history together before the Clone Wars, Boba's daddy, Jango, was considered the best bounty hunter in the galaxy, a title that Cad Bane wanted for himself. 
He ended up claiming that after Django's death, but there was a part of him that felt jaded by it since, you know, he wasn't the one that killed Django. As Bobo was a teenager in the Clone Wars and working with allies of CADs like Aura Singh, Boba started making a bit of a name for himself. In one of the unfinished Clone Wars arcs that is still considered canon, CAD takes Boba under his wing for a job. While he does train Boba in this, CAD wants to get the kid up to the level of his dad so CAD can then shoot him and prove that he is once and for all the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. Very long story short is the job goes awry and Boba decides that he doesn't want to do the job anymore. Donning his, fa his father's armor, which is now painted in his classic green colors, Boba has a shootout with Cad. Cad is the one who dents Boba's helmet, and Boba gets a headshot shot on Cad Bane. And then later in Bad Batch, Cad has a metal plate on his head that he didn't have during the Clone Wars, indicating that he was still recovering from Boba's shot. That is, to our knowledge, as much history as we know about them. We don't know anything after that. Also, there's a nice callback to the Clone Wars during the fight with the big droid deca things with shields or whatever, whatever Pelly called them, like the Scorpinas or whatever. Scorpina is a really great character, or no, Scorpia is a really great character in Shira. Anyway, um, in the Onderon arc with Saul Guerrera and Stila Guerrera, Ahsoka, Anakin, Rex, and Obi-Wan teach Saul and his men how to very gently roll thermal detonators through the shields of the droidicas. If they roll it too hard, the velocity of the thermal detonators reacts against the shield and it bounces off of it. They have to roll it gently, but not too soft to get it there. Obviously, no one taught this to Din and Boba as they just fucking willed on the things to <laughs> and didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, it was a it was a himbo battle. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely a himbo battle, and it was great. But... I would like to welcome all of our listeners to our end of the year celebration. Um, we are, as we finish the final episode of Book of Bubble Fat, we're about to go into our year-end commentaries. Come party with us because we have a very special guest who's going to give us a great speech to talk about the wonderful year we have had on J-Guys and Jedi. And that is our sweet darling Grogu. Everybody make some clapping sounds. Chris, edit in some clapping sounds right here, please. Clap, 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 Yay. clap. <laughs> oh, there he is. Hi, Grogu. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy that you're all here and let me be part of J-Guys and Jedi. It has been a really great year this year, and you have all worked so hard, especially Quiz. He he edits everything, and Hope writes all the outlines, and it's just such an honor to be part of this journey. Looking into the new year, I think it's important to have a lot of faith in each other and to stand up and be able to bond together because we have more in common than we have differences. And I am so happy that everybody here let me be part of this. And as we go into the commentaries and to the holiday season... <laughs> we, I your mouth keep Yoda's wife's name. <laughs> Remember to love each other and remember. You've been. Your mouth keep Yoda's wife's name. Hey! 
Yoda, Yoda. <laughs> oh my god. He is drunk. Oh my no. You really went with the Will Smith joke, Chris. You okay. Oh, I think Roku's okay. I'm fine. I'm made of money and capitalism. Oh, see, he just bounced right back up. I'm just going to take him to his trailer and make sure. Yoda okay. doesn't even have a wife. He was just looking for a reason to. Where the hell did he even come from? I thought I locked the doors. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, here we are with all of our listeners, and and we just. Ugh. Sorry, I, folks. This I is we not appropriate him. on J guys and Jedi. I thought we sedated him. <laughs> Didn't we send him to the spa? Yeah. Can't believe you did a fucking Will Smith joke, honey. Well, somebody had to. I just noticed nobody else made any humor about that whole situation, so I thought I would do it. <laughs> All it says in my notes is it's the book of Boba Fett part after party, and Grogu is here to give a speech to thank everyone, and maybe Yoda crashes it. That's all I have written. It's always coming to this. It's always coming to this. So you're ready? I am ready. Act one of the possibly final book of Boba Fett, unless we get a season two. You never know. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> All right, mean. act one. Act, act one. one. We open on the streets of Moss, whatever, and it's all empty and no one's there because we're in the volume and I'm salty because Garza's cantina has been blown up and I'm sad still and want to throw a certain hat man into the garbage. Um, Finnick and Boba are just like, oh no, I guess we're at war. Thank God we're both hot in protagonists, so we'll probably be okay, right? And Finnick's like, I do love you, and you are a protagonist, but I will be the plot armor for that ass. And he's like, oh, baby. And Den is like, um, can I? Hi, everyone. <laughs> can you guys not? And they're like, oh, so how did I go with your boyfriend? And he was like, and Den's like, it's great. I promise that the people of Freetown are going to show up because I certainly don't know anything about my boyfriend getting shot last episode. No siree, we have them on our side. And everyone's like, hooray, because if they don't show up, the Pikes are going to murder all of us. Woo! All they have to do until that happens is hold on the fort until the people of Freetown show up. And Boba's like, why don't we all go to the palace? But our wonderful young teenage youths, the mods, are like, that's a horrible idea, boss. You're going to look like a coward because that's what Jawa would do. Don't you want to be a Boba Fett? And he's like, yeah, I do want to be a Boba Fett because I'm going to have character development. And I'm not going to leave the people of Moss, whatever this town is called, behind to defend themselves. And they all decide to stay. Meanwhile, at the bad guy house, Cad Bane kicks in the door and he's like, what's up, Pikes and Mayor of Moss, whatever. And they're like, hi, Cad. How did it go? And he was like, it's great. I shot a guy and they're not helping us at Freetown. And I have to stop right here, listeners, because Hope was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong about a point that I've made this entire playthrough yes. of Book of Boba Fett. 
And I remember the first time you said it, I thought to myself, oh, I didn't pick that up the first time. I didn't pick up on that the first time. And good eyes, I, Hope. Good eyes. And then I nope. doubled down on it for multiple episodes. <laughs> so the thing I was wrong on was I said that Cad killed the Tuskins. That's not true. I misremembered this point because... Cad Bane finds out the Pikes killed the Tuskins, and he himself is surprised. And he is just like, whoa, you killed the Tuskins that Boba Fett was living with? You have balls. And I totally forgot about this point. That's a my bad on me. Feel free to correct me in the comments. <laughs> Anywho, so, so Cad is like, cool, I now have emotional trauma to use against Boba Fett. That's great. And the mayor is like, I didn't sign off on you bombing Garza's house because she's awesome and lovely and everyone loves her. Why did you do that? And Cad's like, well, now we're at war. I'm going to go use this emotional trauma card and draw him out. But nobody cares about any of this because we're going to go to Pelimoto, the best character of the show. Because an X-Wing is arriving and she thinks it's the cops. <laughs> and she starts panicking and yelling at her droids to hide all their good shit weed. And she's just like, hello, cops, I'm here, and nothing is illegal, how are you? But it's not the cops, it's Grogu, he's here, and he's all like, Pally, and she's like, my baby, and she kicks R2 in the head, scoots the baby up, and starts to feed him worms, and R2's like, well, that's my one cameo, bye, I guess he flies back to Luke, because we've never seen him again for the rest of the episode. Back with the other heroes, because they're dumb, they spread out all their forces to watch all the arriving pikes. And Boba and Finnick and Den are like, you know what? We have to trust the other crime families to stay neutral. Surely we can trust crime families, and surely they won't stab me in the back. That has never happened before in crime families. We're all the smart protagonists here. And Din is like, I'm not the protagonist of this show. I'm just a regular himbo. Yay. So because they put all their trust in crime families, no one has time to go through that because Cad Bane shows up and Cad Bane's like, Boba, you're, you bitch, come out here. I know who killed your Tuscan family. And Boba kicks in the door and he's like, it was the swoop gang, you little scrawny blue man. Where's your other two members? You're not a, really a full blue man group, are you? And Cad's like, just so you know, it was the Pikes. You want to cry about it? And Boba's like, no, I'm not going to cry to know that I murdered in cold blood a bunch of innocent people. It's fine. Shut up. I lost my spot. And Cad's like, oh, okay, well, let me do this to let you know that I killed Cobb Vanth and Freetown's not coming. And inside they hear Din go, what? You killed my fucking boyfriend? Fuck you, asshole. I made my son. I lost my son and my boyfriend. And Finnick's like, why are you men all so emotional? Why are you doing this? So... Essentially, Cad Bane's like, ha ha ha, you're all crying now because you don't have anyone who loves you. And Fennec's like, Boba, Boba, set your ass down, boyfriend, right now. 
and Finnick pretty much goes out there and like picks up Boba and like drags his ass inside. And Cat's like, "Wait, I want a rematch from Clone Wars." And Finnick's like, "I was not in Clone Wars, and I kicked your ass in Bad Batch, you you jerk face." And Cat's like, "I'm just gonna mosey out of here and do nothing, I guess." And Cat just walks away with no consequences. And Finnick's like, "Boys, sit down." We need to have another plan because I can't have Din crying over his boyfriend and I can't have you crying over your Tuscans because we're in the finale. What are we going to do? And the other best character of the show, the Major Domo, is like, I have some advice and nobody cares because guess what? The worst thing ever is happening. Who would have thought that the other crime families would break their promise to Boba Fett? someone they don't trust and have looked down upon for the entire show and has said that he's just a bouncy hunter and not the real ruler of Tatooine. Who could have thought that they all go after Boba's men? So the mods, Black Kersantan, and the Gamorrean guards all get ambushed. And I'm sad because my poor Gamorrean guards die. And Finnick is like, you know what? Since you guys are having your pity party, I'm going to Moss Eisley, and I'm going to kill their leadership. And Boba's like, okay, I love you. Thank you. And she's like, all right, see you in Act 3. And she pieces out of there. And so then, like, she's driving through the streets, and she has to go save her baby mods. And she is fighting them, and she saves the baby mods, and she winks at her future children. And she drives off, and all the gang has to go and regroup. And then there's a screen wipe here, so I was like, I guess that's Act 1. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's some, yeah. No, they timed out, they timed out, the act seemed to, seemed to time out, like, into a third, like, a little under 20 minutes. So. It was right, it was close, it was like 18, 18, and like 17, it was pretty darn close. I like how, like, when Boba Fett and Cad Bane first meet, Boba Fett thinks Cad Bane's coming to work for him, so he's just sort of, like, ribbing him a little bit. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, we don't have a job opening, uh, try again in a few months, okay, bye. <laughs> But uh, Cad Bane does a, it's not really a smirk. It's just sort of a like kind of like that's mm, totally like the Someone's animation. Someone's saucy in it. today. Um, I love the shot from the X-wing coming down into into most whatever. That's really really neat. And another thing I noticed the second time is when, when Grogu gets out and she gives him the worms, I'm like, ah, he's getting good and powered up for his shenanigans in this he's, episode. He's carbo loading. He's full of full <laughs> of his full of his dung worms. And you know, I hate hate hated most of all about this. I hated to see the Gamorrean guards go. Oh my god, I am so sad. I mean, because like out of everybody, I was like, they were just literally sweet babies who did nothing wrong. They were probably enslaved by Jabba. They, they probably showed... murdered a lot of people, though. Yeah. Yeah. They're enslaved by Jabba, and you know, and then they were just really good at Boba and they protected each other, and then they just get shoved off. And I was like, they wouldn't do that to any of the human characters. See, I'm Goodbye, I'm handsome thighs. I'm retconning the I'm I'm squaring the whole thing up of like why didn't they you know how could they have not seen their the betrayal of the other people coming? I think it it was because they knew that you know that they could and probably would be 
betrayed, but they have like if if you were going to do it, you would have to have like, say, if you set it up where you knew, you know, that. Um, oh, why can't I remember the name of the, the lizard people? Knew the, lizard, the Trandoshans were going to were going to like be the first ones to uh, especially ta- put the wook. First, they put the Wookiee in the Trandoshan section. That's just starting trouble. That's just escalating. And uh, after he just pulled one of their arms off, there's one of them's walking around with one arm right now, looking out the window, just like, oh, God. But um, if they if they knew they were going to do or if, you know, if they had more people, they could have, you know, um, the Wookiee out there as as a distraction, you know, as to keep all the attention on him because he's huge and the transdotions hate him and then have people up on the buildings and stuff waiting for when they make their move you know and stuff like that but they just didn't have the people for it so it's like we're just gonna have to plan that they you know hope for the best on it and improvise if they if and when they do that you know because they really just didn't have much of a choice you know i i would agree with them if the writing was a little tighter and like maybe because like or, or if they were noted that the, if even if Finnick was just like, you know, we're going to be open yeah. to to traps and attack and Boba being like, we don't have a choice. Like, well, that would be one thing, because like the whole point of the balcony scene with Finnick and Boba after their dinner, Finnick's like, do you trust them? And Boba's like, hell no, I don't trust them. Yeah. And then in this episode, it opens and they're just like, all the families are going to stay neutral and nothing bad will happen. And yeah. it's just the writing's disjointed. And so no, if yeah. it was... No, they- I mean, if they at least acknowledge, like, this is dangerous that we're spreading ourselves thin, but we don't have a choice, would have fixed the problem completely. Yeah, no, that's why I, I, I had to do it instead in my own brain. But, like, yeah, I, I it just is not following it. I mean, just the logic of, like, you know, control of tattooing is all centered in in one guy in one little one little town and on tattooing. How big is tattooing? You know, it's a planet. Yeah, there, you know, I mean, how- there's technically two towns because Pelly's in Moss Eisley and this is Moss Espa. But this yeah. is like the main city or whatever. Yeah, but there, but but yeah, but but you can whip back and forth between the two of them. So they're two cities like in close proximity to him on this huge planet how much you know does is there just nothing else on tattooing but these two like settle settlements maybe i don't know but like we're fighting and they did the whole like the fight you know fighting for control of the planet from the pikes and this could you know we could end up destroying the 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 whole thing you know and and then it just turns into you know they basically just chase them off and it's just like yay we won <laughs> you know it'd have been you know, great they make if it sound like the pikes were gonna come with big guns and start just pounding down on the cities and stuff like that but no it, you know so it doesn't make a lot of sense it's the west it's running the evil railroaders off away from the town or whatever you know it's it's it it, it doesn't have to make a lot of sense but it it justifies a big, you know, crescendo at the end. And that I think is all I really got on on part 1. I I I really I really enjoyed it. It's just so great to see Cad Bane, especially, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's it's to see him well realized. 
Yeah, and was... he's, he's in it a lot more than I remember, too. So I was pleasantly surprised about that, too. That was also what colored my my enjoyment of the second time through more. I think I have, like, one mild CAD criticism, but most of the time, no, nah, man, I'm having the best time with CAD Band, and I'll get to that very small criticism in Act 3. But I, I love that he's here. He is my favorite bounty hunter. He looks so good in live action. Um, I love how he moves because... He he moves like an old man, but a very but like almost like um the the only like example I can think of is almost like a samurai that moves slowly because they're saving all their energy for that one big burst of action and then they go yeah. back to moving slowly yeah. and that's how so Cad moves. He's he's Clint Eastwood in his later later westerns, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I I just I love like you said how fully realized he is. Um. One of my favorite things is I really like the scene of the mods convincing Boba to stay because that is their streets. He found them in these streets. Like, I think they're actually in the beginning when they're spread out. I think they're in the alleyway that Boba found them. And that was a good moment from them because Boba was about to do the job of the hut thing. Cause Boba's thinking strategically, Yeah, you know, like strategically let's go to the palace. It's really well defined. We'll be great. It's big, but they represent the future generation of Tatooine. They are the next generation. This is going to affect them longer than say like the old guard that's trying to hold on so far because they're going to have to live here longer. And I, I love the symbolism of them stepping up and being like, you need to stay here symbolically because Jabba never did that to us. And if you don't do that and we lose, we're going to be right back into the streets again, man. You need to be the symbol. And though I will say, this is going to be my first of like minor criticism notes. Again, it would have been great if we had scenes earlier, like a whole episode of just like character stew bonding, like let the stew brew. Because I feel like this is a this is a really good scene, but it could have punched harder if we had more time of Boba and the mods just chilling. <laughs> like maybe like they're trying to make ideas for Boba and he's so stubborn because he's already well established as being a stubborn character that he blows them off. And what if like this was the first time he was like, no, you guys are right. I need to listen to you. Like that would have been a huge thing for them and the characters like, you know, and so like everything about this episode is good. But the lack of time put into it previous to this could have made it great. And that to me is like. Yeah. Well, I mean, time time is precious, precious in a seven episode. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. It needed to Seriously. be at least eight. It needed yeah. at least eight episodes. Yeah. No, I, I, I have a feeling that like when this got pitched, D- Disney was like, all right, the Mandalorian is is you know filling our our castle with money so you got you got seven episodes and this is all the money you get you know yeah and you don't got much time to do it but do it get it get it done so you know i yeah i uh, maybe maybe as maybe if i don't know i don't know if it was i can't tell these days if it was considered a a success or not and you know whether they'll be like oh, maybe we can give it some more money next time or maybe they'll be like oh that was a success maybe we can do it again with very little money and time maybe that was the the formula I don't know yeah I 
but that that's going to be like my general underlying criticism for this episode, which uh-huh. is here's the culmination of the things that everything's good, but it could be great if this happened sooner. So just heads up. That's going to be my ongoing note. Um, I do love the scene when Cad Bane shows up at the Pike's place because there is a Pike, a hammerhead who I suddenly can't remember the name of the alien species and a Duros standing in a room having live action Three three live action aliens in a room, and I love it. Mwah. I love it. I love it. Give it to me. We haven't had like cool aliens like this since like Star Wars Resistance, and I'm all here for it. And I love it. Like, give me more my my live action aliens in Star Wars. Like, oh, I love that. I was just in here going, there are three different kinds of aliens in this room, and yep. they all look yep. fan fucking tastic. All look fantastic. They're all realized characters, and they're all very interesting. Love everything here. I adore Pelly's joy of seeing Grogu and telling R2 to cram it. <laughs> She's just so happy and she loves him. And also the little meta joke of him, of her being like, Grogu, that name is stupid. <laughs> because everybody felt that when they first heard Grogu. Because everyone's like, oh, Gogurt, whatever, the, what is it, Baby Yoda? But yeah. I, and I like that little meta joke of her just being like, that's dumb. We're not calling you that. <laughs> because that's what the fandom did for about a week. So... Um, they I didn't talked- last. They yeah. didn't last. Uh, I already talked about that note about the crime families. Um, my note, my next note said only Corey Burton as Cad Bane can make the really dumb line of "If that's not the Quacta calling the Stifling slimy" sound menacing and not stupid. Yeah, I would have like I would have been like, really, I have to read this, <laughs> but and like, yeah, he did it. <laughs> he makes it sound so menacing. He makes it sound like he is literally about to shoot people, and it's just what the hell is a quackta and a stiffling? And I'm like, oh, he does so good. Uh, okay, so back when I was talking about uh, Bubba getting his revenge on the Swoop Gang. Again, I wish we spent more emotional time on that, or at least a few more seconds or something, because this reveal from Cad that it was the Pikes that killed them and not the Swoop Gang, and Boba murdered the wrong people, and he was wrong, this moment should be hitting harder. Like, they should be punching at the music, because it is it is the teetering edge of Boba going one way or the other, which is why Finnick is so good in that scene because Boba is about to go into a shootout. He's going to lose. And Boba and and Finnick's the one that's actually taking like the Jedi route of like, you're over emotional. You need to calm the fuck down, stand down, or I'm dragging your ass in here because she's taking that role there, but it should have just hit so hard. And I almost wish like, I know the practicality of him wearing the helmet but I wish we could see Tim's face in that moment. Like, seeing the horror of he did wrong and he see, got I, it wrong. I, 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 I'm going to go back to what I thought before. I don't think he... I, I think he was like, oh, shit. But I don't think he was like, I done wrong because I don't think that swoop gang... I think that swoop gang... I, you know, I think he was like, oh, oh, oh. Well, they had it coming. Like, I think he, he has more of a twinge about it. Like... If Fennec found out, she'd be just like, yeah, they're bastards. I think after this episode, I'm like, you know, Fennec, Fennec, Fennec really likes Boba Fett. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm buying the romance thing. But Fennec is also like, you know how in a sitcom, the dad's a little doofy 
and grumpy and the mom is the mom is practical mm-hmm. she's sort of that like that except the practical aspect of her is like cold-blooded cold-blooded psycho you know she can she she could just easily she could bend her moral her moral fiber is pretty flexible you know and and but at the same time she admires doing right and she would probably like to do right more but like if she has to but like train a little you know train a little drugs and stuff like that that happens in the galaxy you know it's good money <laughs> and it's quite common. So like she makes more like kind of amoral equations easy, easier than Boba, I think. So, Chris, I am going to unplug my headphones and I okay. want to re-say that again about Bob and Finnick that you're buying the romance. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm bu- I'm buying that they have like that like they have romantic feelings or like she's more aware she's she I think she's more aware of it. I think she's more like like okay, you know, we 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 might be a couple or whether even if it's a romantic couple or not, she's they have like a relationship. So cool. And he's, I just wanted to record that on my phone so I can text that to Arzu. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm, I'm leaving gonna... that in the show. I'm leaving hope. Yeah, Gavin. yeah, but I'm just gonna send it to Arzu now. I'm getting, so, that, uh... I'm getting that on tape. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, it's totally, yeah, it's totally, and and and, but but like he's he like you know he is getting soft in his old age, <laughs> you know. So it. he just needs a nice tough lady to help his soft little man body. Yeah, okay, she's I'm gonna not stop just recording. a t- she's not just a tough lady. She's 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 a Ruth like, you know, like if they settled down da- if they settled down into a little space farm and then something happened and like, you know, he had a heart attack and and she had to bear- go bury him out in the garden. She she could go back out to slit and throats in a second. You know, she'd be like <laughs> slit slit slit. Hot. All right, Arthur, I love you. I'm going to send this to you now. Bye. (laughs) And let me plug back in my headphones. (laughs) I was really recording that on my phone. (laughs) And I'm going to send that to Arzu. And the the only other note I have is um, I I do like that little moment between Finnick and the mods. Again, it would hit harder if we had more time with them. But it's still a nice little moment. It's a good little moment. I like it because it shows growth. The little bit of growth we have in this, but um, that's all I have for this act. Do you have anything else? I do not. Mm. Act two, which is like pews forever. It's a lot pews of shooting. forever. A lot of shooting and passing guns around, and yeah. it's it's the biggest church because there's pews forever. Oh. <laughs> anyway, actually, actually there's only two pews. How how is there only two pews? Pew pew. I feel like I'm missing a joke. That's usually what people say, right? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I, it, yeah, it's bad. It stunk, actually. It was. We're tired pew-pew. tonight. This is the comedy you come here for. <laughs> yeah, this is the comedy you come here for. Act two. Act two. We're really ramping it up now. So, Act 
after the first wave of the fight, which is mostly Cad Bane just being like, ha ha, your family died and walking off, the streets are empty, except for the pikes slowly approaching Denim Boba, taking sanctuary in Garza Sanctuary. <laughs> and Boba's like, bro, you just need to leave me behind. You have a child to think of, and I'm just gonna die here. And Denim's like, that's not very Mandalorian of you now, is it? I'm staying, bro, because this is the way. And Boba's like, oh, he said the thing. And so they're like, yeah, we'll just die here like a pack of wild idiots. It'll be fine. And the Major Domo is like, um, I have a third idea that doesn't require death. And they're like, what's up, dude? And the Major Domo's like, I'll just go negotiate on your behalf, Boba. And then I will get a safe passage off world. And Boba's like, yeah, yeah, give me your little notepad. I'm going to write down exactly what to say. And I need you to read this verbatim. And the Major Domo's like, okay, I am not going to look at this until I'm outside. Let's go. <laughs> so the Major Domo goes out. And he's just like, hello, beautiful pikes. You're all looking so nice today. Love your face tentacle thingies great you smell wonderful what a lovely day we're having i have a message from boba fett and he looks at it and he's like you don't need to know the message from boba fett and they're like come on read it to us verbatim and, and the major dog was like fuck and he picks it up takes a deep breath and he says dear mr pikes fuck you love boba fett <laughs> and then boba and din end up actually running out like a pack of wild idiots because they're just ambos <laughs> and they spring an attack with their jetpacks and they're all like pew 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 and the major demo runs away and they're all fighting for several minutes of just denim boba doing cool mandalorian things but oh no just when it looks like our boys are gonna fall because they're starting to get outnumbered the people of freetown show up with 10 whole people but at least they have a tank and so Tanti runs in and he's just like, Din, there you are. They shot your boyfriend. And Din's like, I heard. And now I am the most powerful thing in the galaxy, Tanti. I'm a pissed off gay man. And then the mods show up too. And all that's missing is, oh, no, there's Black Chrysanthemum. The gang's all here. Everybody's here. And they're all hanging out. But oh no, the hot Wookiee is hurt. So Boba and Din run out to get him. And the pikes are just like, ah, shoot, shoot, pew, pew. And the good guys are like, ah, shoot, shoot, pew, pew. And it's going great. And so, especially because the pikes suddenly run away. And everyone's like, oh, that was easy. Barely an inconvenience. Yay, we only lost a dude. Go us, team, <laughs> team hero. And Din's like, that um... was... Two Gamorrean guards? They're aliens. They don't count in Star Wars uh, to the people making Star Wars because none of the humans died, I guess. I feel... I, I love the Gamorrean guards. I'm very upset by them. <laughs> I'm just talking, Hi, I'm corporate Disney. We don't care about aliens. Hey. But suddenly... Din is like, something's wrong here. My himbo senses are tingling. And he uses his heat vision. And there is a massive rolly ball droid 
that's not a roly ball, but it's like the ones from Clone Wars, and it's huge, and it's like two stories tall, and it is lumbering out of there to murder them and fuck up the city. And they're like, oh, that's big. Oh no, there are two more. I think we all should just uh, run away now. <laughs> and they split up. So did Boba take one droid one way and the people of Freetown and the mods go the other way with Black Santon? And they start wailing on the big shield balls. And like, Din even tries the Darksaber. Not even like a nice way, he's just like, Ah! Boba's nothing's working, and Boba's like, punch it harder! And they're both like, ah! <laughs> and nothing's working. So Boba's like, I have a plan. Can you survive for like eight minutes? And Boba's like, and Dead's like, yes, I can. And Boba, and Boba flies away. And so Den, like the himbo he is, starts running around and shooting at things, and everyone's fighting. And the whole time, Den's just like, shit, 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 shit. I'm glad my kid's not here. And then Pelly rolls up and she's like, hey, Den, look, it's your child. Yay. And Den's like, my baby. Pelly, what the fuck? Grogu, I've missed you so much. Pelly, this is a war zone. Why are you doing this? Oh, Grogu, you got the chain mail. It looks so good on you. You look like a tiny little Mandalorian. Pelly, I am never paying you for babysitting ever fucking again. Grogu, my son. And like, Grogu jumps into his dad's arms and they hug and he jumps on Pelly's little rider thing. And they and Pelly screams while like Din cuddles his baby, and the mods are fighting shit, and everything's blowing up. And they decide to like hold their ground while the two lesbians of the the good guys go right up to the roof because Drash and Joe are just like, hey, let's go, and then we'll date. And they're like, cool. And they're sniping down, and everything's going crazy, and they can't get away from the big droids, and everything's getting blown up, and it all looks bad. And that's when a roar rises from afar and they see a little ridge back and it's like climbing over the city and lo and behold scaling up the wall coming over the top is Boba Fett and his Chekhov's Rancor what'd you think of Act 2? I liked it this was the part that lost me the first time or it was kind of like and there's there's some cheesiness like there's there's one point where he launches his back rocket at the at one of the droids, and it just you know the, a big thick cloud of smoke, you're, and you're waiting to see, and then the droids emerge from it, and then they like a reaction shot of everybody. They cut back to the droids. All that smoke is just gone. <laughs> it's just gone out of the scene. It's like yeah, that smoke would be hanging over that street for like the next twenty minutes. <laughs> But, you know, I don't care. <laughs> I, but, um, yeah, it just, uh, it, it, a lot of the stuff that I found repetitive becomes funny now that I've, you know, that we've realized that this guy is just kind of a doofus. And yeah, also, it's... he's just burning time, too. He's just burning time to, and distracting. So he's just doopy doopy doo, I'll have fun. But, like, 
it's just funny watching him try the same thing unsuccessfully over and over and, and over they again. They are such I'm dumb boys. And just I gonna just, keep, have... just keep shooting. Maybe this time it'll go through. You know? so, I, I love how dumb boys they are. Like, they just are. And I... No, I do understand, like, the whole idea of just, like, you know, we we have no time to think about this. We have to just try to survive. But there is a point where like when it didn't pull out the, the dark saber and he's just wailing on it. And he's just like, I don't think this works anymore. I was like, you guys well, are so dumb and I love you. Precious yeah. Baby. And it, I, I love that the dark saber doesn't really like, he does get a, he does like almost kill it with the dark saber, but it's just showing that the dark saber is just not an effective thing for him. It's just, it just doesn't vibe with him. And, and I, and I like that they, uh, at least it doesn't yet, unless yeah, your theory, but, yeah, unless your theory comes it comes true, and it's actually Boba but, that gets to wield the dark saber. Yeah, but either even if even if he gets it, he's not ready for it now, you know. So, so uh, you know, it's just it just it, he he might as well just put it away, you know, just put just put it away, dude. Let it let it let it go. But, but it has to sell toys, Chris. It has to sell toys. I guess. I saw a toy Darksaber that was really cool. I don't know they if it was really a toy. Cool. Yeah, I don't think they're... it was. Yeah, it was It was some, you know, like. Even like the cheap prop. ones at Target are like really cool. Um, also, come on. Boba Fett and Din Djarin haven't run into like battle like repurposed battle in their in their entire career repurposed battle droids or or in their their like long decades long careers as badasses never been sitting around and going like oh yeah this is how you deal with a battle droid or cracked open a battle droid manual or something now granted these are big ones but at the same time it's still cool then I, I give a pass to you because he was a child in the Clone Wars. And after the Clone Wars ended, like this kind of model got phased out. Boba, yeah, I questioned about. Yeah, but I, you would imagine like the Pikes have them. And the, like after the, and it's, I like that in their old technology, but it's like after the Clone Wars, there's this stuff bumping around and it gets moved around through, you know, the black market and starts getting repurposed by warlords and stuff, you know, which may, it to- totally is how. That's totally the 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 life cycle of you know weapons on Earth. <laughs> you know, they start out you know going to one country, and then the next thing you know, they're in some like you know militant group. You know, they just they make their way through the ecosystem over the years. This is like this would be like you know in modern day someone with like Vietnam era weapons. You know, that they bought to like run their drug cartel. Um, I, just, I just want you to know that um, Arzu has texted me back, back and she said, <laughs> oh, my God, see, Chris gets it. I guess I do. <laughs> All right, continue. I, one of my notes is flamethrower, LOL, because he just sits there and keeps <laughs> flamethrowing. It's we just hear, like, we hear what are Charles... you doing just wasting your flamethrower juice on this? He's just like, Charles oh, is just screaming in the distance. <laughs> and I love his line. You got the shirt. Right, right. He's like, you got my shirt that I got you from Disney. <laughs> it literally says you got you got the shirt. Um, um, 
I love how the Freetown people just sort of all pull up in their station wagon. I know right? it's a, a, a station tank, wagon with a gun on top. Like about every yeah, but everybody gets yeah, but out in the country that would be or your pickup truck. They all basically pulled up in their pickup truck with a gun mounted on the top, which you're gonna see sometime out in in, in the wilds. You know they're I, they're they're not more like they're not as much like rednecks maybe as more being like the Australian someone out in the Australian outback or something. And my only other note is there there's no reason for it. But it's just awesome that Pelly loses a tooth, spits out a tooth, and just keeps going like right? nothing happened. And they kept and and they kept and you know they kept just showing you, you know that they, they never lost the continuity. She always had just a big gap in it. It's just like why maybe the maybe that actress actually has like you know a cap on one of her tooth that, teeth and was played around they're like you know what we can't have you like spit out your tooth in a fight you know because everybody loves i love spitting it like with people spitting out teeth in fights it's a great movie trope you know in real life it's gross and blood like like and if she lost a, painful. yeah if she lost a tooth she'd just have blood all down her her chin and you know it would be this bloody gap in her mouth you know but like this is just like a, that's what this is operating on that level and once once you got it on that level i'm ready to appreciate it on that level because that's what it's going for so it's like okay is this going to achieve what it's going for and the answer is yes yes it does yeah. But that's all I got for Act 2. Hmm. Um, I'll go through my... I have Most of mine are just small notes, except for, like, my one big note. Um, I just love two Nandos flying around in jetpacks being awesome, and I love Bulba's knee guns. He just, like, poses and, like, shoots a gun out of his knee, and it's, like, awesome. Yep. <laughs> he doesn't even have to, like have to like do anything cool he just like lifts his knee and it's just like pew <laughs> i think i awesome. I'll, bet, I'll bet you they like i'll bet you with all their stuff especially with like like the actors would if i was the actor and all that i'd be like okay how does all this stuff work and i'll bet you they sat down with like weapons people going like well if this is shooting out you can't just like Hey, kick up your knee. You'd have to like plant your leg and like, you know, so like I'll bet you it all had like, I mean, whether that would really happen in reality, I think, but they really thought out like, how does this stuff work? You know, and the thing is, it's going to look really cool. <laughs> yeah, no it looks how it works. awesome. Yeah. Though I am, um, unless I'm missing something, because I Googled very fast Boba Fett knee blaster toy. Because it just feels like something like from the eighties of like Boba Finn shoots knee blasters out of his knees and it's like a dart. I'm surprised been, it's not it actually recalled, a toy. Yeah, yeah. And then it gets recalled as kids keep shooting down their throat and choking, having to yeah. get the Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> um, probably my only tiny criticism, and I'm not going to linger on this because everyone and their mom has talked about this point. Um, just one of the issues with the volume; it just makes the battle feel somewhat small. Yes. A little bit. Um, and and same thing happened in Obi Wan Kenobi. Like when when like Reva shows up with the stormtroopers, there's like twenty stormtroopers there, but they're supposed to be storming like an entire base. Um, it's supposed to be like a full garrison, and and so like this this is probably the first episode of Book of Boba Fett where you you really feel the limitations of the volume, and 
Yeah, I mean, everyone and their mom has talked about that because it's like ten, it's like fifteen people versus another fifteen people, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, people were shipping Joe from Freetown and Drash, Drash the Lady Mod, and I dig it. <laughs> I never thought about them until I saw people talking about it on on Tumblr on uh, on Twitter, and I was like, yeah, I dig that. Yeah, that's the note. Um. Bra, I was so scared that Black Chrysanthemum was dead. <laughs> That's also what I wrote. I was. I love Black Chrysanthemum. He's a hot wookie. I want him to wreck my lady garden. <laughs> like, he's amazing. And I was so scared he was dead. And then he comes out there like a fucking boss. And he's just Those, like, I'm alive. Yeah. And he's hot. I love him. I want to braid his hair. Um, oh, I do. I already talked about this a little bit. But the, God, this finale is bonkers crazy. It's bonkers. There's yes. people from all different shows. You got freaking mecha droids. You got kaiju raincores. It really freak. is like a like it's a pop culture mashup. You got your, I mean, at the time like Grogu was the was a huge thing, and all of a sudden Grogu's back and he's being extra Grogu. He's jumping and hugging, and he's you know he's got some Jedi training and stuff. It's just, but. Like it could have been really stupid, but it's I I I found it just one. They were having, they were like, we created this. Let's have let's just have fun with it and enjoy it. You know, it's not it's not it's it's more it's like I guess the I guess the word is wholesome enough not to feel pandery, although it's pandering like hell but it's pandering in a good way you know and i mean pandering is not bad it's just like propaganda it's just a description of something and but it, and honestly like i, I to, to kind of go back to what we were saying earlier for andor there is a place for like super serious star wars like andor and there is a place for fun star wars and this is yeah. just fun like like the the scad the mod guy he does like a little spin before he shoots it's so campy it's campy and it's fun and it's extra yes. and it's just, you know, let people have fun. And it's, uh, that's what I like about it. It's a lot of fun and it doesn't have to be super serious all the time. We can have fun Star Wars and this is that. Yep. I also love that De that Peli just rolls into a fucking war zone like nothing's wrong. Like, does she not hear the blaster fire and the big mecha droids running around? Is not the whole town going? It's happening. That you know, the 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 pikes are attacking. You know, she's. But then again, she's kind of in her own. She's she kind is. of in her own headspace. So you know. Yeah. She she could have been flurrying around and then then done that, but. Once again, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's hilarious. Amy Sedaris is great. The, and the, the kinetic aspect of the cab, the, the 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 like cab that she's in, the way it moves, and you know, with Din hanging onto it, I, it's it's cheesy and realistic at the same time, and it just hits a nice balance. Of I'm trying for goofiness. the life of me to remind, like, to remember what that's called. Isn't that called a rickshaw? A ramshaw? It's, it's like a rickshaw. Well, in like our version would be a rickshaw, but it's a space rickshaw. I'm, I'm sure they have a name for it. I've I'm too old to keep remembering the names for everything in Star Wars. That's why it's Moss Whatever, everybody, because Chris is old and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Um, but yeah, and I I love Din and Grogu's reunion. It's super sweet. 
my my only tiny criticism of it is I do it does feel kind of fast and resolved because this is happening in Book of Boba Fett and not in Mando. Um, which I feel like if this was in Mando, like it would be a whole season leading up to this moment. So it is kind of fast. But you know what? It's cute. It's sweet. We're resolved. We can bam, bam, go into season three. No problem. Um, is there a character depth? No. <laughs> but well, there is sort of because the Mando, the Mando's such a doofball that he's like, well, I guess Grogu's going to stay with Luke Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> you know and- what? You know what? You know what? I'll die here. With Boba Fett. Boba Fett, dude, dude, bro, bro, you and me to the death. This to is the death, way. Bro. I guess we die together here, bro. That's, this is a way, bro. <laughs> they killed you know? my Tuscan family. Well, my son chose a hot guy, not me. Yeah, and then, and then <laughs> as soon as Grogu's there, he says something like, you know, we got sort of a situation here, but I'll deal, uh, you know, we'll get together when it's over. So as soon as Grogu's there, he's like, oh, right. Yeah, we're going to resolve this. <laughs> we're going to. Well, that that's always been like Den's mode. He has two modes, himbo and badass. And usually badass comes out when when Grogu's in the picture. Like we've, yeah. we've seen him just like wipe the floor with people yeah, yeah, if Grogu's there, in danger. There's an arc there. It's just very very you know cartoonish yeah Yeah. and and it's fast and it doesn't have depth like like super depth that i my my argument is yes it has depth it doesn't have the depth if it was a whole like you know like two or three episodes in the mandalorian where they could actually just focus on them that's more the point i'm making Mm -hmm. um though i do like the little like tone shift that den has because he's like yelling at pelly like get out of here we gotta shoot stuff and the moment he sees grogu his battle panic switches to soft dad and he his, his entire tone changes as you were saying and i love that sh- that little shift of just being like i'm really glad you're here too honey now we're just gonna sit here and everything's gonna be okay let's fuck them up pal <laughs> like he has that tone shift with his child and i love that um tiny note i just love Tonti in this episode i love seeing him like leading the freetown people that that step up from last episode where he was like, we're not going to help the city people. And like now he's here leading them. Um, I just really like that. Um, that's the last of my small notes. Here's my one big note. Here we go. Din and Boba's journey has finally come together. And because for so long, they were two sides of the same coin. And it really comes to the crossroads when Boba's like, Din, you need to leave. Like, we're going to die here. And what I like about this that kind of ties into the title is Boba has spent this entire show trying to find new honor and trying to walk a new path and walk away from his bounty hunter life. Two episodes ago, Din was stripped of his honor. Like, completely had it all taken away from him. The armor was like, you're not a Mandalorian anymore. Get out of my sight. You have to go atone. And it's interesting because Boba still wants to free Tatooine. Din's going to fight with Boba, even if it means death. And they're both fighting for the right thing. But I lost my train of thought. Boba is fighting to protect the people of Tatooine because it's the right thing to do. Den is staying with Boba because that's the right thing to do. And that is the most Mandalorian thing that either of them can do. They are showing that they are true Mandos and acting like it in this moment, in this episode. And it is a culmination of both of their character journeys up to this point. That they are showing why 
they are true Mandalorians and not going by what cults say about them, not going by people who look down upon them, like because they're clones or foundlings. They're just like, no, we're going to act like true Mandalorians because we are here to do the right thing. And that is who we are. And I like this is where like their two character journeys have brought them up to this point, And it's awesome. I can buy that. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to add? Um, not real. Like, like, I, it, I, I, I thought like the whole Mandalorian bonding thing was a little different for both of them, you know? Because I think I think Din was just like, "What have I got to live for?" Whereas Bobo was like, "Man, this guy's this guy's serious," you know. He's not even charging me, and he's he's ready to die. He's not aware of the the internal thing of Din, and but like either way, it like I mean the whole Mandalorian thing is pretty much broken down for 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 Boba, or broken down is where he's not like a traditionalist, but it's just a further sign of like really seeing what's important to Din, <laughs> rather you know. Even even though he's talking about his Mandalorianness, it's really it's it's def, it's all about Grogu. He's he's upset. He's he's if 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 Grogu was in the equation, he he probably wouldn't be like planning to die as much. So yeah, it's that's all I got to add. That's cool. I mostly just wanted you to talk so I could finish the last of my Cheez-Its. Oh! <laughs> and now they're okay. all gone, and I'm I'm a happy camper because I finished okay. my snack. So, thank you. <laughs> okay, no problem. <laughs> I appreciate it. I get it. Ah, they were good. They were so good. They were my, um for light and dice Cheez-Its that you should go listen to on all your podcast platforms. Anyway. <laughs> what did you call them? D&D-Zits? D&D-Zits. Yeah, and I said there are five Star Wars 5 E-Zits. <laughs> Anyway, Act Three, y'all, act. y'all, you you guys choose to listen to us. <laughs> Just saying. All right, Act Three. I'm ready. Let's uh, wrap this rancor. Check out rancor up. Yeah, Act Three. So Boba shows up on his baby rancor, and he's like, "Hey, everybody." You all knew this was coming. We all knew that I'd be writing this at some point, more than likely a finale. And now we're gonna do really cool tricks with it. And he puts on his sunglasses and flames fly up behind him and he's just like, yeah! And he rides off to fuck shit up. And we go into a kaiju versus mecha droid movie because then is not Den. Boba is just going to town on his rancor, and his rancor is like, I'm gonna play and kill droids! Yay, daddy, this is fun! And Den's like, I need to move my child. Pelly, here, have my child, and I'm gonna go help out my bro. And Pelly's like, cool, are you gonna pay me to babysit again? And he's like, not even a little bit. Watch my son. So Den takes out his darksaber, and he's running up, because the Rancor has smashed the droid enough, Din's able to, like, slip through the uh, now-damaged shield. And he cuts down most of the droid and he helps take it out. But, oh no, the droid's like, Ow, you're stabbing me with a lightsaber. And it throws Din off, and Din's about to get smashed by the droid. And Grogu's like, 
that's my daddy, and I have cool powers now. And he walks out there with his little broken steps to show how the puppet works, because they paid a lot of money for that puppet. And he holds up his hand, he uses the force, and he knocks over the droid, and he saves his dad. Before the Rancor, you know, smashes the droid too. But there's still more big droids to fight, so we gotta check in with everybody else. So the mods and the people of Freetown are fighting the other droids, and the lesbians are on the roof, and they're shooting at the pike fighters, and they take out a good chunk of their men, but it's still looking dire because there's still like a big-ass droid shooting at them. But literally, Boba and his Rancor come in like a wrecking ball, and then fight the big droid. And the Rancor is just having the best time of his life. And you know what? It seems like everything's going fine. Because Her the best is the Rancor a girl? Mm-hmm. I thought this one was a boy. I, be- I, be- I believe that. I believe that. Um... Uh, didn't they give it a dumb name like What's Gary, this? and then we found out it was a girl? And I was like, no, I'm yeah, committing to it was the name. So- it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, did I stutter? <laughs> I should have looked up the Rancor's name. I forgot. I meant to do that because I knew I gave it a dumb nickname, and now I can't remember. Anyway, so Gary the Rancor is having the best time of her life. And everyone's like, yay, this is fun. But I have to talk about the best scene of the entire episode. Because Heli meets the Major Domo. My two favorite characters of the show. And they actually flirt. And Peli's just like, hey, I love your Leku. They look so luscious. Are you a luscious Leku man? And he's like, yeah, will you save my life? And he's like, she's like, yeah, and then we'll make out and kiss, and we're going to build awesome baby droids together and have a pack of BD units. And he's like, I don't know what any of that means, because I'm a fancy boy from Coruscant, but that sounds great if we survive. And she's like, stay behind me, you pretty face man. And then they fall in love, and I love it. I love them so much. I can't believe they that they actually had Peli flirt with my other favorite character of the show. Like, I'm great. But... Things are going too well because it's time to mosey out Cad Bane. Because he, you know, just walked around Moss whatever for a while after he was just like, the Pikes killed your family. And then just walked around Moss Eisley, I guess. Did some shopping. He had to get a new hat. He wanted to make sure his hat looked good. You know, clean his boots, got his shoes shined as the kaiju is raging in the background. Get his helmet polished. Yeah, yeah. Cad Bane had his a helmet real... cleaned. I mean, pardon, two different things. And Cad Bane got like a, a nice chalupa, you know, stopped by the space Taco Bell. So yeah, now he's feeling pretty good. So so things are going a little too good, nice for the the heroes. So Cad Bane is finally done with this chalupa and came back out, and he runs at the Rancor and he uses the flamethrower. And the Rancor is like, "Ow, my Gary eyes." And he throws off Boba, and she's like, I don't like you. And Gary climbs away and runs. <laughs> but then she starts rampaging through the city, because now we're in a full kaiju movie here. And it's time for the big showdown. Boba and Cad. Sort of happened in the Clone Wars, but not, because they were not ever used scenes. So we're actually getting that scene right now in live action, and everything's tense. And Cad is like... What is your angle, Boba? Why are you doing this? This is surely not for morals. There has to be some money. And Boba's like, no, Cad. 
I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. And Cad's like, oh, God, what is this My Little Pony shit that's happening? You're getting soft, old man. And Bubba's like, that's right, I'm soft. But I have a family now. I have a fennec and a den and some mods. And I hope the Gamorrean guards are alive. We'll see after this. I have a community, Cad, which means I have armor. And Cad's like, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna kick the shit out of you and see how well that armor suits you. And Cad starts kicking the shit out of Boba. And he's just monologuing. It's like, he's just monologuing as he's just kicking Boba and shooting him. And you absolutely know that he has, like, practiced this monologue for decades. And he was like, Toto, Toto 360, sit down and let me practice my monologue. And Toto's like, ugh. And he's practiced this monologue for years. And finally, he's just like, one last lesson, Boba. You suck, and I'm the best. And Boba's like, fuck you, bitch. And takes out his gappy stick because it's emotional and it has feels. And he doesn't beat Cad Bane with his gun or his rocket boosters or his knee guns. He beats it with his gappy stick, a representation of the community he has built and where he started his character journey to change. And he stabs Cat in the chest. And it would have been even more meaningful if it had gone the way that Hope misremembered it and Cat Bane had killed them, but yeah. Yeah. Right? Maybe I was trying to make the show better. Now, I do want to know, because this is something I missed the first time I watched this episode, um, that it's picked up in the subtitles that I didn't miss, is after Boba leaves Cad for dead, there is still beeping coming from him and there's a light flashing on his chest it's beeping in a heartbeat like a pacemaker too yeah right and there's a little flashing light and i and i i guess there's been like stuff in other shows that have like established that as his life support so yeah yeah who knows i just but i just want to know i missed i completely missed it the first time i watched this episode i was like cat's dead Uh, and then i cried so uh, anyway, there, there's a Rancor rampaging through the city and just having a big time having her King Kong moment. She's just like, look at me, Daddy, I'm King Kong, yay! And then tries to wrangle the Rancor, which works for three seconds because the Rancor, like, sticks him in her mouth and then throws him on the ground. So Grogu's like, looks like I have to get my money's worth again. And Grogu waddles out there and uses the Force to put the Rancor to sleep kind of like Ahsoka did in Tales of the Jedi because Star Wars it rhymes and he put the base to sleep in the Rancor curls up next to Grogu because it's Book of Boba Fett someone has to take a nap we've come full circle as Grogu in the Rancor sleeps and Boba's people are like yay we won hooray we did it and oh yeah Phoenix's in the show too <laughs> so all the pikes the leaders of all the crime families and the mayor of Moss Whatever are very conveniently in one location. And Phoenix just like, hi everyone, and kills them all, and slits their throat and fucking hangs a guy, which is intense. And now it's over, because Phoenix had to have a cool thing. So there is now peace again in Moss Whatever, and Phoenix and Boba are walking through their town, and people are rebuilding, and unlike the first episode, people actually show respect to their, their new leader, And Boba, freaking fat, after seven episodes of this show, 
and fighting for the good of Tatooine and going on this character journey and doing what's right, he looks at Finnick and goes, I don't like ruling. This sucks. You want to bounce? And she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then they leave because of care, apparently. Yeah. And we end with Den flying away in his new midlife crisis hot rod with his son to go off to the season three of The Mandalorian. And in a post credit sequence, the main modifier guy is back and he's helping Den's boyfriend, Cobb Vanth, heal. And that is the end of Book of Boba Fett. The end. Wow, I have more notes for this than I thought I did. <laughs> I feel bad for the Rancors having to, like, because that Rancor is getting really injured and, like, fire shot in his her right, mouth. And, like, it, the droids are shooting it point blank and, like, scratching at it with his little feet. Yeah. Jesus. But they like to fight, too, but still, come on. But I gotta say, that's... It was um, it was great. The the rancor like Robert Rodriguez is gonna do a rancor rancor and and rancor voice versus droidicas was amazing because the physics of the their force field. It's like oh I can't punch through the force field. I'll just push the whole fucking force field across the, you know, across the street and into a building and tumble it. You know, it's great. I've always wondered why that didn't happen. And I figured it was just because the droids are so heavy in it, but the rancor is heavy enough to, to do some super damage. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I can't like, um, it's, it's funny that when they're, they, when they do like, you know, their video, their, uh, their, um, Force field's weaker, it's turning red in those areas. It's very much like something you would see in a video game. It very visually just tells you, yes, this Here's is the, the weak weaker spot. part. Yeah, yeah. This is the weak spot. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I like it. It's a, it's a, a, you know, video game stuff is becoming, I mean, so many people play video games that are, or watch, even watch people play video games. Like me, can, I love watching Let's Plays. I do it yeah. like once a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so now stuff that like is, you know, video game becomes a, a visual, you know, visual trope. It's kind of cool, but like it, it helps you communicate what's going on really quickly. And how does Cad Bane know about his back to take? He's like making fun of, oh, maybe go hang out your back to take, take another nap. It's like, have you been watching the show, Cad Bane? What's going like, on? I here? don't know. Maybe he has binoculars and he's like creeping through like his like palace. I don't know. Reasons. But I just love the, the King Kong aspect of Rancor, the Rancor climbing up the buildings. It just, it, it was very, very gratifying and, and, uh, you know, it's silly, fun. silly, goofy, and fun. Yeah, and Absolutely. I don't. I, I think Fennec pretty much talked him into saying, "She's like, yeah, if not here, where? You know, then where else? You know, if you got all this here, why, why, you know?" Uh, I, I'm mixed on it. I, I I'm yeah. I, I could actually. I, I have that as a note, so I might as well get into it. Um, 
my, it would be really rude of him to do that. It would be actually very dangerous to the people of Tatooine for well, him to establish himself as the warlord that ch chases off the pikes and then leaves, you know? So so my, my actual note was, like, after everything, Boba says, yeah, I'm not suited for this. Let's peace out of here, Finnick. And I wrote, like, what, sir? You've been on a character journey, but five minutes of leadership and you bounce? And then I actually started thinking about it, and... He wants a better future for Tatooine where there's not rulers, where there's not right. giant families. So I could see him staying longer until they actually like set up a democracy. And and or because Finnick is like, well, who do you have in mind to to lead? We see Black Chrysanthemum and the mods, but I almost wonder if it's gonna be Cop Vanth. Because they make a point to show that Cobb is alive, he's being taken care of by the modifier, right. and he's he's the main part of the post credit sequence. So I, I could actually see that they're like, we'll hold power here until Cobb's better, and then we'll put Cobb in charge. Because he is actually an honorable man. He is actually has the good of the people in his heart. And he represents the a better future that Boba did actually want to build. So I, I could really see like those two scenarios happening where they right. either set up a democracy of the people or they put Cobb in charge because he's not going to be corrupt. He's proved that he's not going to be corrupt. It could also, yeah, and it could also be a l nice little parallel to the Darksaber, you know, getting, getting the right per you know, the right person to do it. You know, the right person has, has to wield the power, basically. And, and it's about, it's about getting the right right person to play which is a weird message but i could it would totally work in this the context of these shows so yeah yeah so that that that's that's how i saw it i was like because why else would they put cod vanth in the post-credit sequence other right, than be like right. he's alive well um, like and they sort of they sort of they sort of spoiled the post-credits you didn't know the post-credit sequence was coming and going to be that but when he's like, he's like, you need, you know, you need to be in the back to take it. He's like, it's already being used. You immediately think Black, Black Chrysanthemum because he said, you know, you know, we got to going to get some back to tank time after this. But then you see him there and and then you start seeing people and going, OK, so who's in the back to tank? Not him, not him, not him. Not, oh, it's got to be Cobb Vance, you know, and then I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I remembered the first time I watched it. <laughs> Can I I actually have a story about the post credit sequence. Can I go ahead and tell it? Sure. That's one of my notes. So the very first time I watched this episode, just like every other episode, because I'm a dumbass, I just as soon as the episode ended and the credits started, I turned off the episode. And I went about oh, oh. my day. And about a few hours later, I got on Twitter and I saw people talking about Cobb Vance living. And I was so confused. <laughs> so I'm like, did I miss him like in the background of an episode? Like, was he like, you know, in the background scene? What happened? So I open up my Disney Plus and I go back to the beginning of the episode and I jump about every 15 seconds through the entire hour looking for oh, cop no. fans <laughs> and then i get to the credits and i'm having i'm like freaking out because i'm like what is okay. everyone talking about and i had about an hour of madness until i saw the words in a tweet post credit sequence and i was like there's a post credit sequence and i felt so dumb so for like four hours i was confused because <laughs> i had I mean, no idea there was a post credit sequence i mean that's 
that's how it started, you know? Yeah. But I felt so dumb because I had, I was like, what is everyone on? Like, am I crazy and blind? Like, where is Kyle? I felt like I was, wa- I was watching like a Where's Waldo because I'm like rewatching the Rancor Rampage, like looking at people in the background going, is Cobb back there? <laughs> where are you? <laughs> and no, it was just a post credit sequence and I don't watch the credits. So I was just felt dumb. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go on with your notes. That's all I got. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go straight through. Uh, Boba writing the Rancor is super fucking cool. I just yep. wish we got one lesson with Danny Trejo. Yeah. I wish Danny Trejo just stayed on as the handler, you know? Uh, yeah, but, you know, Danny well, Trejo is it- old. <laughs> but again it's the setup like it'd be one thing if if the handler guy was just like once they bond to you they'll listen to your command but he was very specific he was like you need to train every uh-huh. day you need to feed it you need to bond with it you need to practice and we saw none of that it was look my rain car and then he's magically riding it and like it, it's just like little stuff like that where it's cool as hell but like i just wish we got like one lesson at one point of just like Boba like trying to learn the Rancor and it wouldn't have to be very long too like remember when in the I think it's the first it's the first or the second it's the second episode of the Mandalorian where Din is learning how to ride the blurgs that's what a minute long scene just something like that it doesn't have to be long (laughs) um but it is so badass to have a mecha versus kaiju battle in a Star Wars. They could have had a scene where they, they brought somebody, you know, who was going to meet him and try to intimidate him. And they come and you see him training with the Rancor and the Rancor is throwing him around and, you know, and he's riding on her and stuff. And he's just like, hang on a second. And he's like, yes, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> Right, like just just something yeah. like it needed like that one more scene to like really sell it, and it wouldn't have to be like a scene every episode, just like one. Um, I think I love watching Grogu use the Force like so willingly now. Like he uses it twice, and it's not a struggle anymore. He's just kind of embracing that side of himself, which is really cool to see. Um, and it makes me really interested how that's going to keep developing in season three. Like well, how like- how often because. How often is he going to use the Force A? How much is he going to embrace his Jedi side B? And um, also, I forgot my third point, so you talk now. <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought like, like that whole, like that whole, the whole thing where he pulled the the piece out of the um, droid, like he, like you know how they they say on the helicopter, there's one bolt called the Jesus bolt that holds the rotors on and if that bolt comes off you're dead no he, but now he, i do <laughs> yeah he he like he not only just like he did he he found like a key piece you know something that like because when he pulled it out that thing just went completely discombobulated he found the one little thing that would completely just mess up its its workings and and then pinpointed it and pulled it out, you know, and so that's definitely uh, pretty a lot more advanced than just like, you know, stopping the mud horn in the air, you know. 
Yeah, and it, it makes me really excited how it's going to keep developing for season three. Like, especially, was it, did I talk about last week how, yeah, I did, I did, because it was the Luke episode. Um, you know, like, what happens when Grogu finds out about, like, if, I should say if, because who knows if it'll happen. If Grogu finds out about someone like Tar Vizsla, who is a Mandalorian Jedi, like, that would be a really cool development where he was mm-hmm. like, oh, I could be both mm-hmm. Jedi and Mandalorian. Cool. Right, right. Um, but also in this new era, just having a Force user who's not really a Jedi, I also think that would be an interesting path of, like, what does that look like when you have somebody who can use the Force, but they're not a Jedi, which could also be a very interesting story. So, yeah, I, I just... Grogu using the Force makes me really excited for season three because I, I, I really want to see how that develops. Also, do you want to know something I really want in season three? What? I would like Din at some point to have to come visit Peli and he lands his ship, picks up Grogu, and the Major Domo is li- living with oh, her. Okay, yes, I understand. <laughs> and like he's just like, hi, I live here now. This is my wife. And Peli's yeah, this... like, yeah, he's fancy. That could very well that could very well happen. I just I love it. I and of course she flirts with him. Pelly flirts with everyone and I love it. And I just they, they would have such fun sex. Like I love them. They're my two favorite characters <laughs> of the show. I love the major domo and I love Pelly. And the fact that they put it in canon when she's just like you have pretty head tail. Stay behind me, hot guy. And he's like, okay. And then when they're watching Din fight, like he's just like petting her arm and like rubbing her back. And I'll be like, look at them. Oh my God. Yay. <laughs> so I, I really just want to see if like Din just being like, hi, Pelly. And the major domo comes down. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And the major domo's like, I live here now. My name is Steve, by the way. <laughs> who still doesn't have a name. Uh, I just, I want that so bad. Because I just know Jen's going to be like, right, okay. <laughs> Grogu, we're not going to come here as often. Um, okay, here's my here's my one Cad Bane criticism. Because I, I had a week to think about this because I, I had talked last week about how good of a ca- cameo Cad Bane is. Because the way they presented him... Last week, I should clarify, last week, he was just some baddie. He's clearly a bad guy. He does his job and his purpose, and it works. Where it kind of falls apart for me a little bit is this week, because we are deep diving fans. We know the history of Boba and Cat. Like, that works for me. But it does make me wonder how this falls for a regular fan. Because Cad specifically says, Boba, I've known you for a long time. A regular fan's not going to know that history. So it does make me wonder if it then kind of falls apart a little bit for a normal person who's not a deep diving fan. Does that line then fall flat and they have no context or weight to it? Because it could just be a line of like, I've known you for a long time, right? But it doesn't have the emotional weight of knowing. And, And that's where it falls apart for me a little bit. Do I care? No. I love it. It's great. But it does make me wonder how that scene plays out for a normal person. I wouldn't know. Yeah, I don't don't know either. (laughs) If you've never seen a Clone Wars, but you've seen this show, let us know and leave a comment. Right, right. (laughs) So yeah, it, it just... It, it, this episode made me think that Cat's not as strong as a cameo as I thought he was. Because, like, Black Chrysanthemum works. 
and so does Cobb Vanth because they're both booking comic characters, but you they don't really dive into like Black Chrysanthemum and Boba's history because it doesn't matter the way it's presented. But the way the way they present Cat is different, and they present it like this is supposed to be important. Hope you watched Clone Wars, and it doesn't. It, so it does. It's presented differently than the other yeah, two. So. Like the, the his character is also like even though he's an alien, he's a trope. So they just will automatically attach you know clint eastwood's they'll just adapt clint eastwood to space you know in their mind and go like okay that's what this guy is you know which he is yeah um i love the full circle that boba beats cat with the gappy stick that is a very nice full circle um Mm -hmm. because it shows that he is relying on the tool that was taught to him by the people who put him on his character journey um, it's it's really nice, and I, it just it represents the community that he not only found himself and helped him to grow, but also it's almost a representation of the community he's built. Um, even though the Tuscans aren't here anymore, and my goodness, it would have been great if we had some Tuscans to show all of Tatooine, but no, we had to kill them, and apparently no other ones came, I guess. Um, but yeah, I love that full circle. Also, I don't think Cad Bane is dead. I, no, no, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. I, 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 and, and I'm kind of mixed on that because on one hand, it would be a really fitting end for him because thematically, the whole point of this was Boba changed his stars. He found a family, he found a community, he found people who gives a damn about him, while Cad represents his old life. You know, this is who Boba used to be, and Cad. I know, but. You're, you're thinking of this a a a a show about characters, and it's a fun show, and he's more fun alive than dead. Yeah, it's yeah, I, I am gonna I am gonna finish that. my point. Um, to finish my point, uh, Cad represents Boba's old life, and he dies alone in the desert, it, which is like the opposite of what, which is probably what would have happened to Boba if he didn't change his path, and that's exactly what Cad represents. But I think they put that chest beeping there to show. To keep the door open in case they want to use him in the future. But I would almost feel like if they did bring him back, it would take away the power of this moment. Because it's essentially Boba taking, killing a, a, a version of his past and then moving forward with his new future. But if Cad showed up again, he'd be like, I'm back, bitches. And it takes away the emotional weight. So I actually hope that as much as Cad Bane's like yeah. one of my favorite Star Wars characters and he's my favorite bounty hunter, I want him to be dead here. I I I'm saying think of this as more of a um, and of an and like a even though the animated shows actually fill in more <laughs> than this, but you know, yeah, it's like you know, it, I mean, there's been a a bunch of times in Star Wars where we've wanted people to stay dead, and it's turned out okay, you know, but yeah, that is I know true, it, you know. I was Darth against Maul being I, the, yeah. I was against Darth Maul coming back, and this, I saw the spider legs, and I was like, "This it was is just dumb." Like, oh, come on. And come he ended on. up being one of the best characters. And of the then franchise. he ended up like building a whole lo- like dense lore, you know, and becoming a tragic Shakespearean character. Probably the most, probably the most, arguably the most complicated. St- like dark side character that we get to know, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Pal- Palpy and Anakin are, and Vader are are very interesting, 
But boy, oh boy, what a what a journey Darth Maul has, you know. Yeah, I, I that's a good point because I feel it really depends on if they do bring back Cad Bane, who doesn't, and how how do they do it? Like it has to be done right. right if it's not right. done right, it takes away the emotional weight of the scene. It's gonna be it's gonna be kind of cheesy because this show's kind of cheesy. But like, you know, I mean, I mean, they can do, they they you know they can just have a brief. You know, it's kind of weird because even if he's alive, like Toto's gonna have to come and like drag him back to the ship or something. You oh know? my god, so I, I would have loved, on. I would have loved a Toto three hundred and sixty cameo of just like Mister Bane and just starts dragging his ass away. <laughs> well, they 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 could have had the townspeople walking away from from his body. And then just like Toto goes whipping by him in the other direction and they just, you know, it's, he's a droid. So he gets, you know, gets ignored. But he's like on his way to pick him up, you know, and and and, and it would have been a nice little little uh, Easter egg for people who are familiar with, you know, Toto. Yeah. Um, my next note is, while I do really miss Fennec in the majority of this episode... I'm so glad they gave her a really badass scene at the end to make up for it because that's a brutal scene of her just taking out everybody and then hanging the mayor. Holy shit. Holy shit. (laughs) Like it's, I know it's kind of like what you're saying. Like the whole point of this is like Boba finding his honor and humanity and Finnick is the one that will get her hands dirty. So he doesn't have to dirty himself. Yeah. She yeah, she just doesn't care. She's it's fine. true love, bitches. It's true love. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, technically, that mayor is not has been trying to kill them behind their back, and would probably keep trying to kill him. So yeah, might as well like just fix, one. fix that problem. Yeah, <laughs> he's I, not I, gonna be a useful. He's not gonna be useful to them for for any reason. Yeah. So so I am glad that they gave like Finnick like a really cool thing to do because it did it did really make up for her not being in the majority of the episode. They they gave her two really good moments and both were really stellar. Yes. Um so my last point is so the title of this episode is In the Name of Honor. And I know up to this point you were kind of wishy-washy on Boba's character development. So I just wanted to ask, how are you feeling about it now? Like, did it all come together for you in the finale? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I like, I, I, I don't know. I just don't think you know. He just he had he his his character development is just is so tropey in it, you know. And, uh, and the only thing, you know, they, they, they may, you know, I mean, I think Disney with both him and the Mandalorian, especially with Boba Fett though, because he has the reputation, the Mandalorian was a whole cloth character, you know, original character, but they had to go like, you know, these guys are hard, you know, they're like Fennec, they're hardcore killers. How are we gonna? We can't do that forever in a Disney show, though. We can't have this character be the main character that you root for if they're gonna be a just murder, murder machine all the time. So we have to just like work them on an arc that makes them a little less murdery. When they're murdery, they're, they're murdering because they. It's a justifiable reason. Yes. Yes. So, 
you know, but, but you know, I mean, Boba Fett's it's sort of he's got sort of the dances with wolves arc going and 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 yeah, and it works in the in the in the context of the show. It doesn't have to be extremely deep, you know, for this show, because I don't think this show's going does it doesn't want to go too deep. It doesn't want you to focus on that. It wants you to it wants you to sit down and popcorn out for it and not worry about anything. You know, it it really wants to be just like a fun show, you know, and and it has stuff to say and stuff. But just because traditionally a fun show like that always has a little something to say, you know, here and there. But for the most part, it's it's there for those those fun moments where with Grogu curling up with the Rancor and, you know, people fighting with the dark, you know, people, you know, the, the Rancor running, running rampage, you know, dark saber coming out that it's, 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 this one exists to have more fun with it than say Mandalorian while still being sort of in the same Mandalorian mode, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's all I have for this episode. Do you have anything else? I do not. All right, Chris, score it up for me. I gave it a nine. I really like it. I thought this was going to be what this could be my least favorite episode. And it is not at all. I like it a lot. I, I, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to watching Book of Boba Fett again because it seems to be improving on, you know, each viewing and loosening me up a little more. <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel the same way. Like I really enjoyed it the second time through. Um, this is a popcorn finale. It is a spectacle. It yeah. it does sh- like the core issues I had with the show as a whole do show up, but everything is good. Like yeah, it doesn't. It lacks emotional weight, but my god, is it fun to watch? It yeah, is just no, so much fun. It is extra and campy, and it's just this is what I would go to a theater just to sit and eat popcorn and like watch a summer movie. Yep. Like this, this has yep. all of that. So I, I give it an eight point five out of ten. I, I had a blast watching it. Um, yeah, so loved it. It was great. Well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. Since after we wrap up Book of Boba Fett next week. We are going into our commentaries. So because we're not going to have feedback for like six weeks or whatever, I wanted to do a good chunk of feedback this week just to let you guys know we we love you. We love your feedback. We hear you. We appreciate you. So we are actually going to be doing feedback from three episodes. And those episodes are Stranger in a Strange Land, The Tribes of Tatooine, and Wrap Those Puppies Up, which was the episode we did with my sister. So... All right, so the first one comes from, uh, is for Stranger in a Strange Land, and it comes from Charles from, it's it's so funny that, like, this is such a short season that we can be doing feedback from, like, on the last episode from way at the beginning of it so so quickly, but, yeah. And I I figured with us, like, doing stuff for, like, commentaries for five weeks, it would be enough time to, like, finish the rest of the show, so. Yeah, our commentaries will almost be as long as the Book of Boba Fett. Right? Oh my god, you're right. Jesus Christ. Okay, so the first one's from Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze, and he says, I forgot what I said on Gold Squadron Gaze, but I do recall screaming in rage when the flamethrower was how 
Boba got out of the Sarlacc pit. In hindsight, I'm more impressed that he managed to crawl out of that much sand. Sand is heavy. Yeah, and so is his armor. <laughs> and I would love to know your thoughts on the flamethrowers being used on the droids in this episode, please and thank you. <laughs> Were you screaming in this episode? I'm sure he does not like it. It was it, it was almost like not even something not to not like. It was just like, come on, dude. <laughs> Flamethrower, come on, man. Come on, Den. <laughs> What are you thinking? You know, okay, one shot of the flamethrower, okay, but just sitting there going, oh, let me hold the flamethrower ah! on this for a while. Maybe ah! things will change. Ah! Maybe things will change. No, that's the that's the definition of insanity, Dan. Yeah. Well, he's in a cult, so. All right, moving on. We got oh, a little conversation <laughs> between me and Jean. Don't forget, your voice is your Anakin voice. It's been a hot minute since we've had your voice in this, in comment and feedback. Oh, okay. Your okay. fried, your fried guy, Anakin. I thought that was well. The well, I've got the, not well. Anakin. No, you're right. That's like, Patrick Delmore. That's Patrick Delmore. Yeah, that's Pat, uh, sorry, sorry, Patrick. Sorry, Delmore. Yeah, Anakin's more goth. Look, kinda. I just love that voice. I'm sorry. It's okay. Patrick Delmore, where are you, man? Where are you, man? All right, so Gene Hendricks says, Okay, getting towards the end, and I had a wait what moment? As an actual worshiper of the Norse gods, I have never, until this podcast, heard the name Skywalker be attached to Loki. I am in no way knowledgeable about this, so I'd love to hear what the source is on this one, Chris. And incredibly, it wasn't my usual source, which is right out of my butt. And I said, LOL, ha 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 ha, which is what that means. The Sandman comics. So it was Neil. So Neil Gaiman, and and which I was reading at like right at the time. And Gene says, "Okay, so it's just Gaiman being Gaiman. Got it." And then I started thinking about it, like, and then I started thinking about it. And I said, honestly, since Loki is a myth and Sandman takes place in multiple realities and with mythological characters who predate humans. I think it's valid to say that it becomes part of the myth or it or it does. It becomes part of the myth, you know, of, of Loki. And it can be a part you could reject and be like, yeah, that's just, you know, the Sandman comics. But it's sort of the point of the Sandman comics, you know, that like maybe he can add. And Loki sort sound sort of sounds a little bit like Luke, you know. And it's also just sort of a funny little joke that Neil Gaiman's made, a little Loki kind of joke that he's making. But, and Gene says, unless like me, you try to go back to the original sources as much as possible. Of course, that's a religious argument and not a mythological argument. Yes. So your mileage may vary. Hey, thank you, Jane. I thought that, I just, I thought that was a very interesting conversation. Um, All right, so, now the the next one. Hope you're going to cover this one from wrap this wrap this these puppies up. I am. So of course, this was the podcast we did with my sister Jen, and I wake up on the Tuesday we posted this episode to find that my other sister Gina has found the episode and live texted me her reactions. <laughs> oh, so I wanted to share them. So these are from Gina, and she says. Hope had bad kid syndrome and just followed the cookies, laughy face. Her next one says, 
Oreo inward. That guy deserve, definitely deserved to be slapped. And she wrote, your podcast is my morning motivation. I am loving it. And further down, because then Jen was reacting to it, Gina said, this is a great podcast. I need more of you guys. In quotes, I was a dick sister, lappy face. And <laughs> then she said, we never went back to Jen's favorite childhood memory. And now we're hitting people with baseball bats. And I wrote, well, wine and dogs will do that to you. And she said, laugh my ass off. And finally, she said, Brandy, who's our other sister, you should really listen to this. And then this last one got me because you did not know this, Chris. Um, Gina says, one hour and about 24 minutes and warning, it's a tearjerker. And the reason she said that was this was when we were talking about my Edward, my, my nephew, Edward, who Jen took in and raised as her own child. Um, and if, uh, if anybody doesn't know this, my nephew had passed away at the beginning of COVID in a car accident very suddenly. And so it was a really incredibly hard time for us. And when we posted Wrap Those Puppies Up, it was Edward's birthday that day. Oh, really? It was Edward's birthday and you didn't know that. No, so that was, a, uh, that was the tear jerk warning alert. So, um, But I thought that was really fun because I usually don't, for one, my my family is not as nerdy as I am so they usually don't listen to my show so the fact that like Gina was like I'm gonna live text this <laughs> and it was like really really sweet and I love you Gina even though I know you're not listening <laughs> and Brandy yes you should listen to it too even though I know you're not listening either and Jen again thank you I know you're not listening but thank you for being on the show and I'm glad that you guys really enjoyed it too so yeah yeah so those were the texts from my sister I tag team back to you now Chris all right. So, um, although you're coming in on this one, because this is a conversation between for again. Don't for, uh, don't forget my voice. Whatever. Oh, you want? Oh, you want me to do? Okay, I'll do your voice. Okay. You should do my voice always. Oh, I didn't even do my voice when I did my voice back there. I forgot. That means you have I'm to tired. go extra hard on my voice. Okay. So Charles from Gold Squadron Gay. Chris's story about the Clone Wars panels reminds me a lot of how people spoke about Star Wars in the late 2000s and early 2010s. That's right where it was. They really wanted all the all the world details explained and consistent, especially military details, with no interest in the storytelling being good. Yes, that was the panel 1,000%. A lot of people discussing, but not necessarily a lot of people consuming. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people discussing, but not necessarily a lot of people consuming. The franchise wanted to be like Warhammer 40K, where military strength is clearly defined and the lore exists to facilitate conflict, not story. And I think this was reflected in some of the anti-prequel, anti-TCW backlash. Look at the differences between the Clone Wars multimedia project and the Clone Wars. Hell, take the 03 Clone Wars show. I noted the... Uh, I noted in Gold Squadron Gay's coverage that the first season, we never see a clone trooper's face. The art troopers are awesome, but not characters. Um, clone troopers are just foot soldiers in an RTS game that can be spawned in. So I completely understand Chris's frustration with fielding questions about minor details that are just covers for complaining that TCW wasn't doing the type of storytelling that Star Wars fans were used to at the time. Yeah, and like I mean, and it, but I'll, I'll definitely say it landed differently um, 
when it was a kid asking a question like that and a grown man asking <laughs> a question. Yes, like that. that that is a very valid point. The, the the kids asking the questions were totally cute and and like wholesome, you know, like it was one of those wholesome moments where I felt like like I had kids or something where you had to like explain something, you know, and and it was just fun watching them be super interested. The yeah. other ones were just like, um, excuse me, but well, <laughs> yeah. like one of the kids I remember specifically asked, why didn't one of the clones die during the blue shadow virus episode? Yeah. And he made it so genuinely like genuine. Yeah. And like the following question he was, was thinking like about that after seeing it. Right. And like the follow up question was from like a neckbeard dude, bro, who was talking about the buttons on a ship. And like it, it was that dichotomy of a kid genuinely wanting to know and a guy complaining. And that was the difference. <laughs> I remember that. Uh huh. Okay. Um, so he said, uh, you know, people were complaining about uh, the Clone Wars wasn't doing the type of storytelling that Star Wars fans were used to at the time. And he said, uh, I say, I say this as one of those fans pulling my review of the Clone Wars movie because, as I told my editor, I'm too close to this franchise to give this a fair review. It's one of the only times teenage me did a thing I'm proud of. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do that. All, all this to say, poor Chris at least hoped knew how knew to ask a decent question. Yeah, I'll be I'll be all right. It was I mean, it was it, it was fun, but yeah, it was it was definitely frustrating. And Hope says, uh, I remember this panel well. It was either cute kid questions or dude bros going, well, the Republic ships have insert number here buttons on the dashboard, but they're not in this episode. Isn't that bad thoughts? And it was tedious. And yes. Charles says, I'm mostly glad that the current Star Wars brand is extremely uninterested in that kind of fan who have mostly been relegated to YouTube videos. They're insufferable. Yes, they are. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> I, I deal with it in my mind by going like there's, you know, it's it's the Internet. You're getting you know that that people get uh, a distorted voice you know they can you know the the el that element can have a distorted voice because it's there's there's just enough of them to make it financially lucrative to have youtube videos about them griping about it you know to be very financially lucrative if you're you know cuz even if you get point 1 of the percent of the country to give you money you got a lot of money <laughs> So I just like, yeah, I've just been trying to just put them on mute because I'm really obviously they don't seem to have much power with Star Wars. So, yeah, I, try. I've, I've reached this point of like, if it's somebody whose opinion I actually care about and like they disagree, I like to hear them out because, you know, like if it's somebody who's just like, yeah, this didn't work for me and there's someone I respect and yeah. But if it's somebody that I don't know and they're just like, I'm going to cry about this. I'm just like, cool. I and think I go Star Wars and a lot of franchises went through a little phase. I think all the franchises went through a little phase where they're like, okay, let's try to make this work for everybody. Star Wars, especially with the sequels. We're like, let's go back and forth between, you know, let's, you know, okay, let's, let's really like work on the fan reaction. But like the fan reaction... 
of anything is you if you if you want to say the fan reaction was really good, you can find enough fan reactions. If you want to say it was really bad, you can find enough fans to say it's really bad. And so reacting to it's just going to drive you crazy. And then you get the sequel trilogy, you know, all the stuff that was like reacting either way to one side or the other, trying to like strike back at each other, cancel out something that somebody else did, just fell flat and was dumb and shitty. So, yeah. I, I so think that's just, a good... just just forge ahead and do do try to make good shit, you know? Yeah, remember, it's very important. Star Wars is for everyone, but not all Star Wars is for everyone, and that's okay. So they, I, I want them to do more stuff like I, I love Star oh, Wars. Oh god, I don't I don't want every Star Wars to be for everyone because it would have to be so fucking just like Bland and, and like yeah like, yeah that's, yeah that's Pas- how we that's how we, and that's how we get something like trust because yes versus like trying to make everybody happy and making nobody happy and like that's why I love Star Wars Resistance that's why I love Andor they're two shows doing completely different things but Resistance like it or hate it it took chances and Andor is taking chances and they're two completely different shows, but they're hitting the exact same note inside of me of just like, you are swinging for the fences and I absolutely love it. For it. I think the only difference is I think is Andor has definitely got gotten more of a chance to just do its own thing. It has really the feel that like nobody from like Disney, like, not there wasn't much like jiggling around from high up going you need more of this or less of this it seems to be like a very like art there seems to be artistic intent in it and not like you know we we've, we've got to make this and this work for these people it seems like they they were get the the gilroy was given a lot of leeway to just sort of like this is how it's going to work you know mm-hmm it's great. Yeah. I like. Well, that is all I have for the book of Boba Fett. Do you have anything else that you want to add to in the name of honor? No. No. It was fun. This yes. was a fun episode. Yes, it was. Uh, so, Chris, if that's all, then where can people find you? You can find me at Two True Freaks. And when I say me, I mean my podcasts and all the other podcasters at Two True Freaks. Like the Akadekadana Theater. Wrapped up all those Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Halloween podcasts. And one of them is going to have a spinoff into Valentine's Day, it looks like. Um but I'm back on my I'm back on my uh, Strangers in Paradise podcast, which are great fun to do. And uh, but there's just millions and millions of nerd podcasts there. When I say millions and millions, I mean like yeah, around six thousand of them there that you can go and listen to, including all the back episodes of J Guys and Jedi. Also, if you want to find out what's going on on Two True Freaks, you can go to Facebook, social media, and. Uh, and um, you can go to the Two True Freaks podcast where we post up the episodes or the Two True Freaks Cantina, which is more of a forum. Or you can go to Twitter. That's burning guys, slowly. And this, oh, well, dude, it's not burning slowly. 
I'm I'm on it's Twitter for the first time ever. Like yeah, checking it saying, every checking it every day, and it's you're just saying that last week. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. It's it's hilarious, and and this there's a two week lag in this episode, and that so by the time you're hearing this, God only knows what's going on there, but it's it's a money fire, and it's beautiful to watch. But um, if you want to learn about Two True Freaks, you can safely learn about Two True Freaks at the Two True Freaks Twitter uh, run by Gene Gene, the Norse God Machine. Is there a way that you can add reverb to my voice? Yes. Awesome. So <clears throat> I'm going to start this clean. Do 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 Gene. Start that gene clean. <laughs> that way it sounds like Thor is talking to Gene. Gene. Yes. <laughs> but also, ain't nobody going to be like pretending to be two true freaks so you can be assured even though we don't have a blue check even though having a blue check is now like almost a guarantee that you're fake <laughs> right <laughs> but who knows what it what's going on now but we ain't gonna pay we're, we're not paying any money so don't worry oh, about no. any, any fake freaks out there anyway that's where you can find me where can they find you hope you can find me at j guys and jedi on our twitter account we'll see how long it lasts you can also find me at hope malnax I am also a contributor for Dork Side of the Force, and I will say as Andor is ending, we're going to start shifting over to, like, Bad Batch stuff, because that's coming in January, and, like, Mandalorian stuff, so I'm already kind of musing some Bad Batch pieces I want to write, so that's going to be coming up over there. Um, I'm also a staff writer on, uh, 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 words, the Geeky Waffle, (laughs) my brain stopped. Um, and I, I'm going to be actually doing the reviews of Bad Batch over in Geeky Waffle. I'm very excited about that. So you can check that out as well. Um, I should also note that I was just on Space Waffles, which is my friend Arzu's show, who I text, texted uh, Chris's admission to Bitbonic to while we were recording. Um, she's the host, and I was on Space Waffles to talk about the wonderful episode 10 of Andor One Way Out. Um, and we had a blast over there. Um, and I'm also part of For Light and Dice. It is a real play tabletop Star Wars 5e podcast set in the High Republic. I hang out with a bunch of awesome people like Charles, one of our listeners, is as a player. Chris from Dorkside Divas. Jess from RuPalp's Pod, Pod Race. And also Nathan and Colton, who both really need a podcast because they're both lovely. And we just have the best time. The plot is thickening. We're having such a good time. Please check out for Light and Dice. And if you are checking out, let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So, yeah. So, oh my god. I, ha- I haven't even thought about the solution next week. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I have to do a evolution. And I don't know who I'm going to do. I will probably decide it day of. <laughs> well, at least this is a short story arc. I, it's, I will it's say. A short, it's definitely probably our shortest like season ever, isn't it? Yeah. It's gotta be. If I could actually do a good Matt Berry impression, I would do like the uh, point of view of the uh, Matt Berry droid, but I cannot do a Matt Berry impression. I have tried, and it's, it's just... Too bad that, it's too bad the Rancor doesn't come in and like... Well... Right. Yeah. 
maybe I'll do Fennec. Rank, rank evolution, Fennec evolution. Yeah, I will probably settle on Fennec, but like maybe maybe the major domo. I I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see. I I don't know who I'm gonna do the evolution of. But domolution, after... domolution, domo arigato, Mr. Robot. I knew evolution. you were going that direction. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. It's. Just uh, the moment just... you said domo, I was waiting for the arigato. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's coming. I, it's coming. There it is. Uh, but we'll see. And after that, we can just start our commentaries. We have like our our little like five week break of just watching movies. I know. I gotta go get. I gotta go get copies of all the Raiders of the Lost Ark movies, so we're on the same. Yeah, and Princess Mononoke. Yeah, well, the, I mean, at least all of those are easy movies to find, you know. Get so. the dub of Princess Mon. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say that now. Um, the dubbing is actually really good. Okay. Um, and I, I think that would that way we don't have to worry about, like, subtitles and stuff like that. Because that one I actually have to watch first because the, the Indiana Jones movies, I know those back in front, you know. Yeah, and and the dubbing is is really well done. So I, I would definitely suggest the dub. But I'm also kind of biased because that was the one I first watched. And well, you know, whenever I do a commentary, I have the sound almost all the way down, and I have the subtitles on anyway. So I'll probably get the dub, and I'll have subtitles for it for when we do the mm -hmm. commentary to have them going on the on the bottom. So I'll get yeah. a little bit of both. Yeah. And then we're starting uh, Tales of the Jedi in the new year, and then Kenobi. I'm actually really excited about Kenobi. Kenobi, then Andor! Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Andor, Andor. Those are going to be four-hour episodes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say right now, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Well, I think Andor will, like, have longer episode well i don't know i don't think i think the the i don't know it'll i think it'll like ebb and flow with the longer with the longer episodes but yeah like yeah <laughs> there's gonna be a lot to talk about with andor i think with obi-wan i think i have a feeling obi-wan is not going I, I i have a feeling i might not like obi-wan the second time as much as the first time we'll see i i'm excited to rewatch it again because i've only seen it once yeah, and too. I did really love it. Um, I'm going to see if I still love it because it absolutely felt like a celebration of like my favorite time period. And I love Hayden as Vader. I really do. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. So I it's like a in my memory, it's like a fever dream. So we'll see. We'll see what my memory of it. It, there, it was the 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 stuff that was good in it is so was like so like emotional and in deep Star Wars that it really like there's you know you know there's there's a a glow about it when you get it when you see it the first time and I want to see if it stands up. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Yeah. So come back next week, guys. Or Book of Boba Fett wrap up and then commentaries. Yay! Yes. I'm excited. I've never I, I've never watched an Indiana Jones all the way through, so I'm actually very excited. Well, you're gonna this. see four of them now. I hope Woo! you like them. Let's go. <laughs> I hope you don't hate them. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I, 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 I'm excited. So we'll see. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Fett! 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 Fett!
Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. That is freaky.